We enjoy the night, the darkness, where we can do things that aren't acceptable in the light. Night is when we slake our thirst. William Hill. Violent Vice contains graphic and explicit content, which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Everybody. Welcome to Violin Vice Podcast. I am John John. And I'm Audie. Hello. And if you haven't already, please give us five stars. Subscribe. Leave a comment. All these wonderful things. All of it helps us spread out all of this not so joy, but sort of interesting stuff to everybody. And we really appreciate it. Plus, we like hearing from you. It's always fun times. Yes, yes it is. All the emails, DMs, whatnot, they're always fun to listen to and hear. So, thank mm-hmm. you. So, today, Audie. Yes. We are going to be talking about a vampire. Not the Cullens, I hope. No, not the Cullens. Though maybe later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, instead, one that we touched on in our last episodes. Ooh. The- the Comte de Saint-Germain, or Count of Saint-Germain from France, who is supposedly still frolicking about in his vampire ways throughout New Orleans. Nice. So, nice, nice, nice. So the actual person, like how most of these vampires are depicted when they were alive, was Count of Saint-Germain, or in the French pronunciation, it's... Comte de Saint-Germain, while he was in France. He was a European adventurer with an interest in science, alchemy, and the arts, as you would do throughout the early 1700s, late 1600s. You gotta love that study of alchemy. I know, it's just like trying... I don't know exactly what that would be. It, it would be like equivalent to today's... like. I, I'd say, like, culinary sciences mixed with quantum physics yeah. would be what they're trying to go for if they did that. Well, because they were trying to basically come up with a sorcerer's stone mixed with a stone that would turn everything to gold, which is the sorcerer's stone. But, mm. yeah, that's what the end goal was, though. A lot of people died of mercury poisoning while doing it because that yeah. was a lot of their experimentation. Yeah, like there was a lot of like mix of science, chemistry, and astrology, which I wouldn't say is like a a very prominent thing to base scientific research off of, because it is deriving meaning from star positions, and that's probably not the best. Yeah, I do want to go off on a little side tangent here, though. Like, um, my favorite author Deborah Harkness wrote the discovery of witches. I like novelas some of those books they, they are so good and they cover a lot of the alchemy and everything and that mm. got my like interest in it heightened a lot and yeah. they kind of cover that period too so i'm excited to hear this guy but yeah, well that's a second book not a first one so yeah it is the second yeah, one not the yeah, first yeah, one yeah, but yeah. she does cover <laughs> alchemy in the first one a little bit because that's what she's going for a doctorate for or whatnot mm-hmm. but yeah like I don't know. That, I also agree. I very much enjoyed that book. Well, 
the first one, the second one. I still haven't read the third one. And you I guess there's to. a fourth now? Yep, there is a fourth now. Oh. I, I have all of them. Reading. I know. But I was also the reader of the family, and I have all the books, which you can borrow at any time. Ooh, I think Gabby fair. just read all of them, too. Probably. Yes. Because wasn't it called, like, the All Souls Trilogy, but then there's a fourth one? That yep. kind of threw me off a bit. Yep. Well, the fourth one's not really focused on the main character. It's more focused from a side character's perspective, so, ah. and their story, which is very interesting, but it still kind of comes back to its roots. Yeah. Well... And the fan base really, really wanted one, so... Yeah, that's that's a fair point. That's usually the big motivator. And now a word from our sponsors. Hey guys, so I'm here to talk to you about RavenyX.com. That's R-A-V-E-N-Y-X.com. So I got their crop top flowy top, and I absolutely love it. It's black, it's a cute crop top, it goes well with jeans, skirts, you name it. They have so much more to offer, too, like boots, purses, shoes tops and skirts. I posted my crop top picture to Instagram. It's also on Facebook if you want to see. But if you guys want to head over there and use the code VILEVICE, that's capital V-I-L-E, capital V-I-C-E, to get 40% off, you can get yours today too. Now, back to the show. And that usually is a big motivator. But to be honest, this guy probably could have been a character in at least the second book. Oh yeah. Because, yeah, right at that same time period... And yep. uh, he didn't really achieve prominence in European high society, per se, for these things until the mid-1700s. Like, Prince, Prince Charles of Hasse-Kessel mm-hmm. considered him to be, quote, one of the greatest philosophers who ever lived, unquote. So, he was pretty, like, very socially active, very scientific and academically active as well but saint germain used a variety of names and titles and accepted practice amongst royalty and nobility at the time to like allow him to have more i think it's sort of like in comparison it would be like having multiple accounts on facebook so you could like like the same stuff that you post in one of them yep so sort of like a team of scientists they explored something when really it was just one guy well all these different people that have my essentially aliases all support me so <laughs> that kind of thing but i'll i'll list off a few of them so this would be the marquis de montferrat comte bellamere chevalier chonin count weldon comte soltikov Graf Zarogi and Prince Ragozki. I'm having I've... flashbacks to the Granny O'Malley episode. <laughs> I know. Like it's like it went from French, 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 English, French again, and then like Polish stuff. Yeah. So it's just like trying to make a really I'm pretty sure I butch- butchered at least three of those, at the very least. Yeah. But but this was in order to deflect inquiries as to his origins. He would make the far-fetched claims, such as being 500 years old, leading Voltaire to sarcastically dub him the Wonder Man, and that he is a man who does not die and knows everything. So kind of alluding to his claims of being immortal already. And his real name is unknown, 
while his birth and background are obscure, but we do know that somebody by this name did exist at that time. And towards the end of his life, he claimed that he was a son of Prince Francis II Ricosi of Transylvania. Weird take. A little bit. Yeah, but might play into the vampire thing more. And his name has occasionally caused him to be confused with Claude Louise, Comte de Saint-Germain, a noted French general. So a lot of these things kind of interwoven about this guy never fully being one thing all the time but always in like these high society things now to get a description of this guy i can explain how this would describe him so as the vampire persona, this is how people would describe him in New Orleans. By the name of Jacques Saint-Germain, who claims to be an an... That uh, Comte Saint-Germain is an ancestor of him, but he looks extremely similar. Flawless skin that never seems to age. Eyes that pierce into your soul. Never hungry, but always thirsty. Powerfully charming, yet peculiar... They draw you in with their fascinating stories and hypnotic voices, but you can't help but think something seems a little strange. But you go anyway, down into the depths of their dark, eerie palace where their treasures lie, only to realize that you are the next pawn. You clench all of your muscles as chills run down your spine. Someone's thirsty. As they flash their crooked smile and you see teeth sharp as a knife, you know you found yourself in the midst of a monster you've only heard about in books. So, that's basically a description of what he is. Yep. Which is straight up just a vampire. That is, that is how that works. As vampire as vampire can get. Mm-hmm. Now a little bit about his social life. No, picture this. It's the 1700s, France. Okay. You're invited to a dinner party filled with prestigious guests. So, the fancy, very unuseful clothing that sticks out everywhere. Yep, woman who can't walk through doorways. Yep, check. Mm -hmm. And powder beyond powder that even the heaviest of makeup wearers these days would say that's a bit much. That contains lead and poisons people slowly, yep. Yep. So you show up to a lavish mansion, and the room is bursting with conversation. A man walks in, almost gliding as if floating on air. He speaks in a way in which you've never heard before. His eyes lock on you. He speaks of events a hundred years prior, which, with such detail, you could swear he was there. Comte de Saint-Germain mysteriously came on the scene in France in the 1700s, though records suggest he may have been alive long before that, even during the time of Christ, some would rumor. French historian philosopher Voltaire, King Louis XV, and Italian writer and adventurer Casanova all claim to have known him, 
which is kind of a cool thing. Yeah. Like I, I honestly didn't really realize growing up that Casanova was an actual person. You didn't? I didn't. I just thought that was just like a character in like a TV show that was supposed to be super smooth with women. I didn't know they were real people. I do have to say David Tennant's Casanova whole back when I had a crush on Doctor <laughs> Who. Let me tell you. <laughs> well, David Tennant is David Tennant. You don't have to explain that. No. <laughs> All right. Fangirl moment over. Continue. <laughs> okay. Now, records show that he was born somewhat vaguely around 1710 and died in 1784. Again, kind of vaguely. But many people have claimed to have seen him since then, even as recently as 1970. He was a man with undeniable intelligence and wit. He captivated the elite with his knowledge and charm. He never seems to age. He's said to have spoken six languages, was a brilliant artist, could play the violin effortlessly, and even grew diamonds, which I'm not exactly sure how that would work, but I feel like that's more of an alchemical thing that he's trying to do. So that's a bit weird. Yeah, because I don't think they had the compression method packed down back then. Mm-hmm. But... As stated before, Comte Saint-Germain was an alchemist and a very accomplished one. This means he worked with turning metal into gold, creating beautiful jewels out of small stones. It was in search of the fabled elixir of life, which would explain why he was so rich. He even trained other alchemists, including one under Marie Antoinette's rule. At her execution, the alchemist supposedly saw Comte Saint-Germain, this was years after he was believed to have died, though. So, even recently after he was passed away, people that knew him were recognizing him somewhere else. So, yeah. That kind of gives a bit, bit of some explanation there. Now, this next bit of info I have it essentially comes from a selling point for this ghost tour of New Orleans. I can't wait to go on one of those. So, yes. It should be pretty interesting. There is one in New Orleans that is based possibly around him as many others. But their input on the peculiar origins of the New Orleans vampire... Now, they mentioned that this vampire is supposed to be Comte Saint-Germain. And, uh, like they do state that he died throughout all of it. But according to the Comte Saint-Germain's account of his own life, he was immortal, as stated before. It was said he had other skills besides immortality, which that haven't been mentioned yet, were essentially just music, philosophy, and even more extensive languages than just the six. What were the six again? Um, they didn't say which six, but I would assume Wallachian, if he's claiming to be from Transylvania, French, English, and I think I would 
hazard to guess for Polish as well because the personas he claimed to also be. Makes so sense. So they didn't list them, but those would be my top four guesses. Okay. Now, they say that this is a little different than growing diamonds of what he could do. That he boasted he could remove blemishes from diamonds, not grow new ones. So already there's controversy over what he could do. But even Casanova didn't know what to make of the mysterious Comte. And has stated things such as, like, this extraordinary man, intended by nature to be the king of impostors and quacks, would say in an easy, assured manner that he was 300 years old, that he knew the secret of the universal medicine, that he possessed a mastery over nature, that he could melt diamonds. In spite of my knowledge of what he was, and in spite of my own feelings, I thought him an astonishing man, as he was always astonishing me. Do you like supporting small businesses that support others? We sure do. Foodforshirts.com, that's F-O-O-D, the number four, S-H-I-R-T-S.com, is a small business in Denver that has punny food-related or custom t-shirts that use a water-based ink that is made by suspending a 100% biodegradable pigment into a water base. It is made of 100% naturally occurring substances and they proudly donate 10% of all profits to various non-profits with missions of fighting food insecurity. You can use the code VIOLENTVICEPODCAST, that's V-I-L-E-A-N-D-V-I-C-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, there's no spaces in that, for 30% off your order, and you'll be helping nonprofits in the process. Now, back to the show. And that, that's a pretty pretty big quote from a famous guy. So he knew he was like probably, like almost certainly a fake, but he was really good at it. So he's kind of complimenting him being terrible. Now, the Comte continued to astonish those he met, not just Casanova. During his life, he encountered the most fascinating people of Europe's glittering elite, many who wrote of their memorable encounters with the man. And it might come as a letdown to some that the Comte's death was rather uneventful. He spent his last years working in a factory laboratory funded by a prince who believed in his alchemy experiments enough to sponsor him. Such endeavors were unfruitful, and on February 27, 1784, the Comte died in his residence. Likely of mercury poisoning, Adi. Good call. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. His estate was unremarkable. It included basic sundries such as a toothbrush and belt buckles, and the Comte had perished with no fanfare, causing barely a ripple in the storybooks. Or had he? Dun dun dun! Mm-hmm. Now here's where things get a little crazy with the New Orleans thing. So in 1902, a man by the name of Jacques Saint Germain arrived in New Orleans's French Quarter. He claimed to be a descendant of the very same Comte Saint Germain, whom he also bore an uncanny resemblance to. Strange. Like his purported ancestor, he was incredibly gifted in the arts and languages. He masterfully wove stories that enchanted uh, socialities of New Orleans's upper crust. And indeed, Jacques was charming, 
charismatic, but most of all, he was fabulously rich. Somehow. His parties flowed with wine and fine foods that never ceased. Nobody seemed to notice that, curiously, Jacques himself never partook of the fine delicacies he so generously offered to his guests. Now, the accounts of what follows vary. In some versions of this story, there is a young woman in attendance at one of Jacques' glittering soirees, and yet another account, she is a prostitute. Still another version insists Jacques met her at a local pub. Well, whoever the young woman was, the story ends much the same. It seems the unfortunate woman found herself alone with Jacques inside his house on Royal Street. Perhaps she was admiring one of his many beautiful trinkets or a fine piece of china, whatever the distraction. She soon found her admiration was about to cost her dearly. It would almost cost her her very life. Jacques attacked her, specifically her neck, whether with teeth or a knife is also up for dispute. In the end, he finally revealed the true source of his disputed immortality. He was a vampire, and she was to be his next victim. Terrified, the young lady jumped out a balcony window in desperation, and in at least one additional gruesome detail, she is said to have broken both of her legs. Jacques blamed alcohol for the unfortunate incident. She blamed his lust for blood. Before the police could investigate the rather bizarre claims the next morning, Jacques had vanished. He did live behind a rather unusual smattering of clues, including clothes that dated back centuries. Some even showed peculiar stains that looked like blood. The most criminal clue, Jacques' rather unusual wine collection, which turned out to be laced with human blood. Uh -huh. Now, the Comte might have disappeared from New Orleans, but he would continue to make appearances around the world throughout the 20th century. Some even insist he is still alive today and that his immortality extends back to Christ, which would be a bit much, if you ask me. Today, the New Orleans mansion that houses this story is one of the most photographed in all of New Orleans. Visitors delight in the local lore. Tour guides often point out the bricked-up window on a higher balcony. It is where the unfortunate woman of our story allegedly jumped from the balcony. Whether this vampire, vampire story is fact, fiction, or a combination of the two will leave you to judge. But, yeah, there is a ghost tour of New Orleans that shows this amazing house. I need to go. That's just decided that I need to go. Well, let me tell you a little bit about the house and maybe a little more about our lovely vampire friend. So, Audie. Yes? While you're in New Orleans... It is easy to miss the large brick building with the bright red door at the corner of Ursuline and Royal Street. It is on that corner. Ursuline and Royal, got it. Mm -hmm. And in 1902, it would be home to one of the most infamous vampires in the world outside of Flat the Impaler. But one would say even maybe even argue that St. Germain far surpassed Vlad in his thirst for blood, but we covered Vlad, and I don't think so. I has extensive amounts of blood. Now, 
As we mentioned, Jacques had a mysteriously colored past, which he conveniently left behind before his voyage to the recently settled New Orleans, which would allow him to lure many a soul into his home to their own peril. Now, a little bit into how possibly he became immortal. Well, the guess is more so that he wasn't turned into a vampire by another vampire, but be chief so through alchemical means. Now, some say that he may have created the Philosopher's Stone that would grant the wielder immortality and not just turn lead into gold. But it does a lot of stuff. So that Nicholas Flamel, he was alive for a whole long time because of the Philosopher's Stone. Yep. So possibly Comte de Saint-Germain made his own. <laughs> also, just to tail back, Vlad the Paler was episode five. Can you believe it's been that many already? Wow. That is a way back. Yeah. We're, this one will be 41 when it comes out. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. We've done a lot of these, Audie. Good have. job. We're still going. Yeah. All right. Look at us. Real podcast people. (laughs) (laughs) Now, some things about the undying time traveler. Well, if Saint Germain was born in the late 17th century, why do people believe he was immortal? Well, sightings of the Count can be traced all the way back to the wedding at Cana during the time of Jesus Christ. This is why they say he's been this far back. Imagine being a witness to infamous water-turned-to-wine transmutation. And I guess he may have even been present for the Council of Nicaea in 325 AD as well. What's that? Because I'm not familiar with the Council of Nicaea. Uh, That would be the council where all the different sects of Christianity worship were together and just decided on, like, this is how we're going to be Christian. Oh. No more spin-offs and stuff like that. We're yeah. just, this is how we're going to do stuff. This is where they chose the books for the Bible, though, right, too? Yep. Essentially yeah. removing the stuff that... Is written by like. women and all that yep. stuff. Yep. All that stuff. That That's the council. That I'm still bitter about, yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, regardless of rumored history... A handful of notable historical figures spoke regularly about a character eerily similar to the Count, which also still included Voltaire, Casanova, King Louis XV, Catherine the Great, that she is Catherine uh, Romanov of, like, the Tsarina of Russia. Not Catherine of Aragon, who's also Catherine the Great. Yeah. It might be, but they're saying Catherine the Great, but I think that's, it's the Russian one. Yep. As well as Franz Anton Mesmer, who is the father of hypnosis and hypnotherapy. I didn't know of that guy's existence before reading this. So maybe he may not be the, one of the most notable figures, but father of hypnosis and hypnotherapy is kind of cool. But to add to the air of mystery... New Orleans residents commented on the uncanny resemblance between the two and even started believing that Jacques could be Comte himself, ageless and immortal. But when accused of such thing, 
Jacques would neither confirm nor deny those claims. So that that's kind of a weird thing, but also kind of a power play where it's just like, are you immortal? Ow, come on. That kind of thing. Where it's just like, I'm not going to say it, but you're very flattering. Like, you know, but you don't know. They're never going to know. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Like Keanu Reeves. Maybe. I don't we know. Side tangent, we just got done watching the John Wick movies. We built an adult blanket fort this weekend. It was like the <laughs> best weekend. I'm a child at heart, guys. I hope you all know this. Oh, surprise blanket fort movie marathon. That does sound like a nice time. Yep. This is what happens when you get a couple engineers drunk and we want to watch movies. Yeah. Or just COVID, you know. That would probably do it too. Yeah, yeah. No, that too. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Keanu Reeves, John Wick. They just, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. He's a great guy. I am so sorry I'm going on so many side tangents this episode, but <laughs> I'm having a great time. It kind of calls for it in these places, so I, I fully enjoy it. Yeah. Now, this mysterious stranger of Royal Street, like why St. Germain traveled, traveled to New Orleans is anyone's guess. But when he arrived, he arrived with a bang, like made his presence very known. Upon moving into the home at Ursuline in Royal Street... He threw a lavish party to essentially announce his arrival. Jacques had a mysterious past, but it didn't matter to the local elite since he was one of the wealthiest and cultured people in the city. So it's just like, he is fancy, he is rich. Why question things? As people who want to get fancy things and rich things tend to do. Well, he was very charismatic, was well-versed in many languages, and was very good storyteller of like old stories and adventure type things. So all these things really builds up a person's character. Now these parties became a regular occurrence for the new debutant. Despite never eating any of the food provided and only drinking what appeared to be red wine, which we know better now, and the public took to the charismatic new character of the French Quarter. But Jacques' time in the Big Easy would be short-lived as said now i could reiterate the story again but that was pretty much he is super fancy had parties all the time and then he struck and a person run out jumped out a window so he left town that tends to be what happens as one vampire does i guess so now some problems with the aftermath with that well the police not taking the justification at vase value told saint germain they would need him at the station first thing in the morning after this incident because all criminals should be allowed to get a good night's rest right well morning came saint germain was not at the station police immediately went to his home only to find that it was that not only was saint germain no longer in the residence neither were any of his belongings now out of some of the trivial trinkets left behind uh, police found no food, utensils to eat with, or any evidence of someone con who consumed any sort of food. So, because this was back pretty early, so chamber pots and indoor plumbing wasn't quite there, at least fully, in New Orleans. So, I'm assuming they didn't find leavings. And then they found the red wine, which is how they 
discovered all this stuff. It, it, yeah, rooms were covered in blood, each having to be occurred at different points in time. So it's like he moved into this mansion and slowly closed off each room after a mess, per se. So it is very likely that many people were the victim of Jacques Saint-Germain. But that is, that is the vampire of New Orleans, this crazy guy. And I guess he's still out there possibly somewhere. They do say folklore wise is just like some say not to go down dark alleyways in the French Quarter because you might run into this very fancy vampire. It sounds like tales you tell your children at night to keep them safe, but at the same time, like, he seems like a very fancy guy. Yeah. I don't know. Like, essentially, it's just like, well, I'm not hungry right now, so do you want to, like, chat or something or what? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I kind of would be afraid and also like to meet him just to see what he was like and how these things mesh together because I don't think it quite paints the picture as fully by just saying he was charming and charismatic it's just like there's a lot of different ways that could happen yeah so now you're thinking like me about wanting to go see the dangerous and scary places and everything because you want to see how it happens I, I want to meet the people <laughs> I, I think that'd be cool also I kind of want to go to a Mardi Gras at some point yeah. Just to see what that's like. It'd be kind of cool. Yeah. And if I'm there already, it'd be like, oh, Ursuline, Royal Street. There it is. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it, that'd be like the weird guy pointing out weird fun facts that nobody really cares about because we're drinking. Yeah. We should mm -hmm. go. We should plan a trip. That would be fun. Yeah. Um,. So I have one one or two more little side tangents just because we're on the topic of vampires. Um, have you seen the Office episode where Jim pretends to be a vampire and freaks Dwight out? It sounds familiar. I don't think I've seen the whole thing. I might have seen mostly just like clips of it, but it would have been also a while ago. So I, yeah, no, I haven't seen that. Okay, it's really funny. Like, because mm -hmm. Dwight has, like, a wooden stake and everything, and he's just, like, looking at Jim, and then Jim is, like, being overbearing and kind of, like, has his coat collar up and is, like, good night, Dwight, <laughs> and, like, talking <laughs> weird and just, like, messing with him, and it's really funny. That, would, that sounds about right. Yeah. Mm. But, yeah, no, this is, yeah, fun topic to go on. Yeah. I mean, we're violent vice. Vampires fit in very well with that kind of title. There is a reason why I picked such a broad and, like, I guess, encompassing title mm. for the podcast is because I wanted to cover a lot of different shit, and this yeah. is this is fun. Though the logo that we have now is strangely appropriate to today's topic. Absolutely. Very strange. Odd. Yeah. Almost like I intended for that. Absolutely. <laughs> I didn't, but now that I think about it, that is kind of a cool coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's all I have on the Count Saint Germain. Ooh. Jacques or Comte. Okay. 
We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Violin Vice. Cover art is by Audie Griffith. Music by Annabelle Reback. If you want to message us, please do so by emailing us at violinvice at gmail.com or visiting Facebook and Instagram at violinvice podcast or Twitter at violinvice. That's V-I-L-E-A-N-D-V-I-C-E. No ampersands here. Or you can give us a once-off donation using PayPal or Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com backslash V-I-L-E-A-N-D-V-I-C-E. Or give us five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to. This helps us move up the charts and also helps keep spooky stories coming. Thank you.